0: okay, without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Matt, who's going to be preaching to us this morning. Great, thank you for the woos, I do appreciate them. Um, Well, good morning everyone, really great to see you all. Uh, My name is Matt Hatch, I'm one of the leaders here, and uh, really great if you're new to Mosaic... Um, I really hope you enjoy your time with us. We actually spend time every week uh, looking at the Bible together. We look at it in order to learn more about who God is and how we are to live in relationship with him. And currently we are uh, in a series trying to grow in our dependency on God, uh, especially through prayer and uh, I just want to say thank you to those of you that came to our prayer meeting we had sort of record numbers and the next one is on Monday the 16th of April please put it in your diaries no one's moving right now but try and put it in your diaries Monday 16th April we'd love to gather the whole church across all the sites uh, to come together to pray but prayer is the uh, subject of our bible reading and uh, I imagine uh, some of you may be familiar with what Jesus says in Luke 11 so just turn to that in your bibles or it's going to appear on the screen but Luke 11 verses 1 to 4 says this one day Jesus was praying in a certain place Let's just take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I do ask that you would reveal who you are to us this morning, a good father who loves his children. And pray, Lord, that we would go away from this place knowing your acceptance and love. You you would call us to be those that pray. And we ask this in your powerful name. Amen. I wonder, uh, do, you, do you guys pray? Would you say it's something that, it's, uh, that happens daily? Uh, is it something that happens perhaps when you sort of need something, when things get desperate? Or is it something you've never, ever done? And I wonder what words you use when you pray. Like what do you tend to pray about? What do you tend to focus on? Most people that I speak to find the concept of prayer an easy thing. It's about talking and listening to God. But find the practice of prayer quite a challenging thing. For some, it's the problem of unanswered prayer. And we try to look at that subject together just a couple of weeks ago. But for others of us, it's how do you actually talk to God? Do you ever, if you are a prayer, do you ever find yourself repeating phrases or sometimes just talking nonsense or starting sentences and not finishing them or beginning one train of thought and ending up thinking about something else? I can tell I'm the only person in the room that prays like that, no nods at all. Uh, it's interesting, our family, we pray often in the evening uh, just before we eat and Philippa and I uh, noticed that we have found ourselves in those family times of prayer praying mostly about having a nice life and we find ourselves just saying God would you bless this and would someone have a good time at that and and it's great that we're praying as a family but we do think there is must be more to it than God giving us a nice life The Bible also acknowledges that prayer is difficult. The Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, says actually in Romans 15, labor with me in prayer. And that's a very interesting choice of words to use. Work with me at prayer. It's almost like this great Apostle Paul is acknowledging that, hey, it doesn't come easy for most of us. So labor with me, work with me, sweat with me in prayer. And this question, how should we pray, I think is a very real question for all of us. And the disciples, well, they asked the same question to Jesus when they saw him praying. And for me, I'm like, what what did they see about Jesus' prayer life that made them sort of reflect on what they were doing and want to say to him, how should we pray? And interestingly, Jesus didn't say, it doesn't matter what you say. Rather, he gave a model for prayer. And that tells us it does actually matter what we say, that there is something to learn, something to grow in. And my hope today is this, that I would love for all of us to leave a little bit more confident in how we should pray to God. And in the reading we've just looked at, there's actually six phrases that Jesus uses. But this week, we're actually going to just concentrate on the first one as it's so important for us to understand. And the first phrase is simply Father, or some translations have our Father. Jesus says we're to address God as our Father. Now, um, you guys know that I have confessed very publicly before that um, sometimes especially when the kids were younger, there were times when they called out for me at home, you know, cried out at the top of their voice, Dad, and I pretended not to hear them. So deliberate deafness happened in my house, just sort of hoping that whatever the issue was, that at some point it would just go away and I wasn't needed. Thankfully, God the Father is not like me. Jesus wants us to (laughs) approach God As a child speaking to a perfect father, Jesus wants to have a childlike quality before God. And that sounds easy, and many of you perhaps have heard that before, but it's not easy in practice. You know, it may shock you, I've got three brilliant kids, but my kids are not perfect. There are days when they fail to live to the standards that Philippa and I set at home they disobey the rules that we have in fact I could stand here all day telling you about the creative ways that they've rebelled against Pip and I in our own home and in fact something in me really wants to do that it would probably make me feel a little bit better but here's my point despite their shortcomings My kids, especially when they were younger, they still want to hang around us. They still want to talk. They still want to play because they can feel and know that we as parents delight in them, that we love them, that we enjoy them. And we're so glad that they are our kids and they can feel it. And are there times where I get grumpy? Yes. Uh, are there times where I just want to be left alone? Of course. Would I prefer if they disturbed their mum? Never. But <laughs> could, they, could they feel overall that I delight in them? Well, absolutely. And so they wanted to come and simply be with us. They want to talk. They want to play. They want to listen because they feel the delight Now, Jesus understood that the main issue in our prayerlessness is we have a problem believing, grasping that God likes us, that God enjoys us, that God delights in us. We, unlike my kids, are more aware of our failings than God's grace when we pray. And you know, if I was to sit down with most of you in the room, and if you could go so far as agreeing, yes, there is a God. I imagine that you would admit in a very general sense that God loves us. I just don't think many of us would have a huge problem with that. But if I was to take it from that high sort of general level to sitting you down over a cup of coffee and saying to you, do you think that God delights in you? Do you think God rejoices in you? Do you think God enjoys you right now? Then I wonder what you think and feel about that. There are multiple reasons why none of us pray as we should, but I think the predominant one is that in the deepest part of our being, we just can't imagine that God the Father delights in us, affirms us, in a way that strengthens us, that in a way that draws us closer to Him. It's just hard. And I'll tell you why it's hard for most of us. If you've ever been in the situation where you've betrayed someone, if you've ever lied to someone and they know, or if you've ever fallen short of someone's expectation of you, then what's our most common response? Well, our most common response is avoidance. Our response is to avoid the person, avoid the situation. I was talking just a few weeks ago to someone who's a very mature Christian about a problem that they're having with, with someone in their church. They're both in the same church and something happened in their relationship about 15 years ago. Something just went a bit wrong and in, at the time they talked about it, but they never truly resolved the issue. And now they are in the same circles in their church family. And what do they do when they're in the same room, when they're in the same vicinity as each other? Well, they just avoid each other. And literally one of them will walk into the room and sort of catch the eye of everyone in the room, but avoid my friend. And it's not nasty at all. It's just a game of avoidance because someone feels ashamed that they've fallen short in the relationship. And I'll tell you, my, one of my greatest fears for all of us in the room is that as we spend this sort of year of prayer as a church family, focusing on prayer, a great fear would be for us not to learn more about being a child of God and experiencing the depth of the phrase, our father. A great fear is that you love the idea of God being a father full of love, but not really experience it, that you love the idea of grace, you love the idea of sonship and intimacy and acceptance, but not actually enjoy it at a real day-to-day level, that you experience the love of God in that way. It would just be silly, wouldn't it, if we all did this year of prayer and none of us sort of grew in this area. In fact, I'd say it'd be stupid. (laughs) Imagine... Uh, Is there anyone in the room here who really enjoys their food? Have we got any foodies around? Oh, wow. Most, like that's 60 70%. And perhaps I came to you, anyone that was a foodie in the room, and I said, hey, there's a great new Thai restaurant in town. I'll buy. Let's go and eat together. And you saying to me, (laughs) and you saying to me, um, well, I I don't really ever eat. I'm like, well, I thought you were a foodie and you loved all that sort of stuff. And you said, well, I am. I love the idea of food. I love the idea of tastes and flavors. I love all that stuff. But you don't actually eat? Well, no, not really. I drink protein shakes. That would be kind of foolish, wouldn't it? (laughs) So I think this is where some of us are at, that we love the idea, but we don't actually enjoy God as our father and you need to know it's a miserable exchange so listen what are we going to do about this well uh, Paul Miller who wrote the book uh, A Praying Life uh, if you've not read it yet and you want to grow in this area it's probably the best book I've ever read uh, on prayer and he says this and I hope it helps he says we know we don't need to clean up our act in order to become a Christian." But when it comes to praying, we forget that. We, like adults, try to fix ourselves up. In contrast, Jesus wants us to come to him like little children, just as we are. The difficulty of coming just as we are is that we are messy. And prayer makes it worse. When we slow down to pray, we are immediately confronted with how unspiritual we are and how difficult it is to concentrate on God. We don't know how bad we are until we try to be good. Nothing exposes our selfishness and spiritual powerlessness like prayer. In contrast, little children never get frozen by their selfishness. Like the disciples, they just come just as they are, totally self-absorbed. They seldom get it right. And as parents or friends, we know all that. In fact, we're delighted most of the time to find out what is on their little hearts we don't scold them for being self-absorbed or fearful. That is just who they are. <clears throat> so how do we pray? Well, I want to remind you that we're praying to a perfectly, perfect heavenly father. We pray our father. And Jesus is encouraging you to be a little child. And he does it in several ways. He tells stories of adults who acted like children. The parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18, she would just not take no for an answer from an unjust judge. And the parable of the man who badges his neighbor to lend him three loaves for a friend who's come at midnight in Luke 11 emphasizes this fact that Jesus wants us to be like children. So just as kids ask about everything and they ask often, just as kids are really real and blunt And there's not a fake bone in their little bodies. That is how Jesus wants us to come. And even though some of us are quite uncomfortable with that kind of authenticity, especially with God. You know, many of us prefer to approach God in a well-organized or systematic way. We've thought out our prayers. Or we just get really frustrated that our minds get sidetracked when our prayers come out sounding just spiritually inept we need to learn what it is to be real you know when we pray we believe as Christians we're talking to a person and often conversations can jump all over the place before returning to the main conversation instead of getting frustrated if that describes you when you pray we should perhaps pray about the things that our minds wander to and that actually might be more spiritual than we realize And we should not only ask like children, but we should trust God like children. Paul Miller again says this, children are supremely confident of their parents' love and power. Instinctively, they trust. They believe their parents want to do them good. And if you know your parent loves you and protects you, it fills your world with possibility. You just chatter away with what's on your heart. If it It works the same in the world of prayer. If you learn to pray, you learn to dream again. As we get older, we get less naive and more cynical. Disappointment and broken promises are the norm instead of hoping and dreaming. Our childlike faith dies a little thousand little deaths. So this week, let's try and get some time with God every day. And let's pray and think about what we mean and experience when we say, Our Father, and practically... As I finish, let me just give you some thoughts. And this is really practical stuff you can put into practice this week. Stop trying to control every inch of your life. Allow your anxieties and problems to bring you to God in prayer. Shift from worrying to watching. Instead of waiting for the perfect spiritual state to lift you above the chaos, just pray in the chaos. And as your heart and circumstances generate problems and concerns, keep generating prayer and watch the chaos lessen. Pray continuously. Like when you're in a traffic jam, if someone's just said some hurtful words to you or there's a pressurized deadline, treat all of those things as invitations to come to God in prayer use these little prayer bookmarks. We gave these out at the start of the year. We asked you to write some names down of people that you want to see God bless. You want to see, come to know God personally. And we've asked you just to pray each day. You know, I've done that. Let me be really honest with you. Um, As I look at the names on my little prayer bookmark, I feel like they are further away from God than when I first started praying. And I feel relationally a bit more disconnected from them than I did at the start of the year. And it's really tempting for me to look at this list and just feel bad or feel guilty or feel somehow that God is not listening to my prayers. And the best thing for me to do instead of giving up is simply to commit to humbly confessing and repenting of any stuff in me that is wrong. But probably more importantly is just be honest with God and say, God, when I look at this list, it makes me feel this. Please help me. When you don't have the faith of a child, when we don't feel like praying, commit to thankfulness to God. You'll be amazed at how that changes your perspective if you just list the things in your life that you're grateful for. And listen, when we pray, let's not try and get our prayers right. Just tell God where you're at and what's on your mind. That's what little children do. They come as they are and say what's on their minds. And lastly, instead of being frozen by your self-preoccupation, talk with God about what's on your mind, what your worries are. Tell him where you are weary in life. Because if you don't begin with where you're where you are then where you are will sneak in the back door and your mind will wander to where you're weary anyway so why not start with where you're weary and work from there I hope some of that is helpful I had three people nodding through that Um, I take that as wholehearted agreement from you all but can you see that next week we're going to look at the other parts to this prayer And there's another part to approaching God, which is hallowed be your name. But today we're talking about our Father. We're talking about how we approach our Father in heaven. And I just feel it in us that for many of us, what we need to get over is this huge sense of guilt or distance that we feel from God. Because we're so aware of how um, guilty or bad we are. And that's not how we feel as parents towards our kids and it shouldn't be how we approach our heavenly father amen amen why don't we stand to our feet and I'd like us to pray this together uh, this is the version that I learned at school and uh, this is the version that I say even when we do the modern version so I thought let's go old, old school today and uh, we're going to pray this aloud together I'm just going to say let's just pause after the first slide so we're going to say our father who art in heaven let's just pause and that's your moment just to think about how am i doing in relating to god as father and then we're going to read the rest together so is that okay should we just say that together our father who art in heaven let's just pause Amen. Heavenly Father, teach us to pray. Show us what it means to come to you as a father. I pray this week as we spend time with you, it would just be so clear where we stand on this issue. But God, we, we do keep us from just liking the idea of prayer and knowing you as father. And Lord, take us to that place of experiencing the richness, the depth of knowing you as a good father who loves us, your child. Amen.